Hi, everyone, and welcome to the PMI Metrolina Soundbites podcast. You'll find a healthy dose of interviews and tips that span across our chapter in all in easily digestible episodes, ranging from five to 30 minutes, giving you information you can use on the go. Thank you, Rhonda. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Carlos, and I'm the media coordinator for PMI Metrolina. This is our inaugural podcast episode where Kathy Ivey joins Cindy Wilson, our program's Metro Region Director, for a deeper dive into diversity, equity, and belonging. Let's dive in. Well, Kathy, I want to thank you again for being willing to go a little bit deeper with our discussion on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging that we covered during our PMI meeting last, last month. Uh, some of the things that resonated with me the most was the distinction and meaning between the different words that we use, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. In reflecting on those, I know that each one of those as an individual evokes a different feeling and a different meaning for me now that I know a little bit more about those. So I was hoping that you could cover those in a little more detail for us today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me and um, letting me share a bit deeper about um, the three definitions, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. They are um, buzzwords in the industry. We are hearing more and more about them in the news and publications and blogs and podcasts and and, um, different posts. So I am just thrilled to be here to share a little bit more about them. We really appreciate that. Do you want to start at the top with diversity and just work us down? <laughs> yeah, why don't I start there? So, you know, there are there is the traditional definition or when we think about diversity and what that means. And, and that is accurate, probably. You know, we most, all of us probably think about diversity in terms of gender, race, and ethnicity. And it's really a collective mix of differences and similarities. An example is individual and organizational characteristics, values, beliefs, experiences, backgrounds, preferences, and behaviors, as well as um, how we self-identify in terms of gender, race, and ethnicity. So when we think about that in the United States, That's what we define as diversity in organizations, diversities, and the way that we um, show up. And there are other there are other characteristics of diversity: diversity of thought. Um, You know, we all come to the table with different values and beliefs, and um, that's important. That's why diversity is important to have in your organizations, if you're a project manager and you're managing a project, what does it mean to have diversity at the table and participating in your projects? It certainly does because that's where you get the best ideas is when you have a diverse group of opinions helping you to develop something new. I I speak from that from a personal standpoint of having been in diverse and not so diverse groups and seeing the outcomes. Yeah. So, you you know, an, an example of what happens when you don't have diversity at the table, you know, on a project, on teams, in your organization, is called groupthink. Yes. That means, you know, we all think the same way. And um, if we all think the same way, we're actually losing different perspectives. 
Um, that's a question. Um, I'm a former project manager. I'm not only uh, uh, inclusion, diversity, and equity practitioner and subject matter expert. I've also been a project manager. And um, I tell everyone the easiest way to inc be inclusive and think about diversity, if you're unsure, is to ask a simple question. And that simple question is, what perspective am I missing? Very what perspective question. am I missing on my project? What perspective am I missing in this decision? What perspective am I missing? You fill in the blank. That, that makes good sense. I'll take that one with me. I haven't thought about that one, but that's a simple one to get to the bottom line. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very easy. So let's move on, if you'd like, to um, inclusion and what yes. that means. Again, another buzzword in the um, in society now, and we hear about it. So inclusion is defined as the achievement of a work environment where all people feel respected, accepted, supported, and valued, allowing all employees, associates, individuals that you are interacting with to fully participate in, in a decision-making process and development opportunities within an organization on enterprise. So um, when we met with a, a few weeks ago, I shared a um, really um, important quote that was, um, that was coined by a pioneer in diversity, equity, and inclusion arena. And her name is Brene Myers. She is currently the vice president of inclusion strategy at Netflix. Oh, wow. um, but she coined a, flag, a phrase, diversity is being asked to um, the party and inclusion is being asked to dance at the party. So inclusion means I am able to show up and be my full authentic person. Yes. However, I self-identify as the person. And uh, it is going to be the most important, one of the most important um, characteristics of the workforce moving forward, because there is statistic and data that um, shows that employees want to join an organization where they can be their authentic selves. 83% of uh, uh, Gen Zs and Gen Alpha, that's those who are graduating um, in, in their 20s right now? Yes. 83% say to them, have uh, shared that diversity is the second question that they ask about when interviews because they want to join an organization where they feel included, that their voices are being heard, that their thoughts, creativity are being um, received well, that they can speak up. Um, and we all want that, no matter what generation you're in. Right now in the workforce, there are five generations in the workforce today. So we have to think about inclusion across those five generations mm -hmm. and the needs of those five generations, because we are all different and we all bring a different perspective and we all want to be valued and heard. It, exactly. The five generations, that's a lot of diversity in the workforce as well. When you mentioned respect, acceptance, 
support and value. To me, that's what makes people feel either engaged or makes them be engaged or unengaged in the workforce. And I know even not only in applying and looking for those positions, but when you're, once you're there, I think that's what keeps the productivity up is if you feel those things. And inclusion is definitely a way to allow folks to have that, to feel that they can bring their whole selves, to have those different perspectives. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I would agree in that. And engagement is a key a word. It's a key factor. It's a key competency and characteristic for working, you know, to being in the workplace. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we curate, we recruit this great, diverse top talent, mm-hmm. and we want to retain that top talent. And people don't, you know, quit their jobs. You heard that quote, people don't quit their jobs, they quit their bosses. So if I'm not showing up as an inclusive leader, If I'm not creating that inclusive environment, I'm not going to want to stay. Um, And you're not going to get the best out of me. So um, being engaged is critical to retention and extracting and curating and cultivating, you know, why we hired this top talent, why we brought you into an organization, why I want you to be my teammate while you're on this project team. So you hit the nail right on the head with um, discussing and adding to this conversation about engagement. That's why organizations have engagement surveys or culture surveys um, to determine how engaged are its employees. Um, Because if they're not engaged, we know that um, they're not going to they're not going to stay. As a matter of fact, um, there is some data. Employees at companies under inclusive leadership were 39 percent more likely to be engaged. Um, that's from the Center for Talent Innovation. So we know that if we're not keeping our employees engaged, our project team members, our direct reports our colleagues, um, they're unlikely to stay at an organization and give their best. That, that totally makes sense to me from just experience. And I think for the younger generation, as you were mentioning before, they're looking for that as, as a way to grow. You don't want to grow and see just one perspective and one vision. You have to have that diverse environment around you to really help you grow and learn in your early career. So just a couple of thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, great thoughts. And and the key with inclusion is education and awareness. Um, we're all organizations are maturing in their diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging journey. Um, no one company is, you know, the premier organization um, in this field. I, I saw I, I'm a LinkedIn junkie. And I'm always looking on LinkedIn and seeing quotes and reading white papers and seeing what other organizations are doing. And um, I saw that a famous technology company in Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. um, was having real diversity issues. And someone mentioned ping pong tables is not inclusive. (laughs) It's not making the organization inclusive. And it really hit home for me because that's so true. Um, The ping pong tables, 
you know, the the free uh, beverages, uh, the free coffee and breakfast is great. But if I'm not valuing, respected and feeling that I'm adding value to the company's outcome and bottom line, that's not engagement and that's not inclusion. So you're spot on in your comments there. Thank you. That totally is a good reflection. I know we've heard some things we think of that folks in the technology industry are always innovative, but they can also get perspective skewed as well. I think it's a just a checkpoint for all of us that we, we need to be more conscious of some of the subconscious things that may be in the back of our minds sometimes as well. Um, I know you mentioned intersectionality of some of the different uh, diversity characteristics when we were talking. I think that's important to, to recognize too. Any, any comments or thoughts on, on that, Kathy? Yeah, let me just give a, a, a quick definition of intersectionality. I mean, it captures everything that we are. It's the holistic picture of identity, which includes various dimensions of diversity that are inseparable when considering an individual's experience. And when we last talked, I used myself as an example of intersectionality. Um, I am a woman. I self-identify as female or woman. I'm also, um, I self-identify as African-American. And I self-identify as a um, more mature, seasoned uh, individual, right? I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm knocking on 60. I'm knocking on it, you know, and I'm not afraid to say that out loud because, you know, I, I think we need to be proud of aging well and bringing all that experience. So if I use those three characteristics of who I am, it's not all of who I am, but those are three um, characteristics or how I identify. It's the intersectionality of those three things. So if we think about it as a Venn diagram, I'm in the middle and the three circles around that is, you know, female, Black, and you know, a seasoned, more mature woman. So how do I bring me, Kathy, and that intersectionality of those three prominent characteristics to show up as my authentic self? Mm -hmm. um, and the intersectionality of those really play a huge role as we think about equity and diversity and inclusion. Because as a Black woman, um, and we think about it from an equity perspective, um, women in general earn 82 cents for every dollar that men make. Um, and how do we, uh, as an organization, as a population, as you know, colleagues, as an ID&E practitioner, mm -hmm. what are we doing to... Um, support bringing more parity and equity to that. Yes. So when I'm doing this work, I think about intersectionality all the time because it doesn't just, this work of inclusion, diversity, equity, and belonging, it doesn't just touch in one way. It touches holistically Yes. Um, as we think about that. So that's how uh, I, uh, I would define intersectionality. That is one way 
Um, my example of who I show up as an, as an intersectional individual, that's how it shows up. And I think anyone who li- is listening to the podcast should think about it for themselves. How do they show up? At, in an intersectional way when we think when we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. I, I think that's the the next level of it. When you all mentioned that during the the meeting, it occurred to me that a lot of times people are like, oh, let's be inclusive because you're a woman or XYZ, whatever you want to pick. But really you have to look at that person and include them holistically because that's where the real value is, is having all of their characteristics be a part of what the discussion is or what the project is or whatever the situation might be. That was something that was new and really resonated with me. So I wanted to bring it up in our conversation to go a little bit deeper with you on that. I I know I'd let you cover anything else, Kathy, that you'd like to cover before we uh, close. Yeah, one of the other um, definitions that I think we hear and probably in the last two years Um, when we're thinking about the evolution of diversity is um, belonging and how, what does belonging mean in this arena? And belonging is a sense of acceptance and community within a given group. High belonging is linked to a 56% increase in job performance and a 50% drop in turnover risk and a 75% reduction in sick days. And this is according to Forbes. So we know that as we are thinking about, in in the case of PMI, Mm -hmm. um, when you're having your chapter meetings, when we are educating and talking about continuing education, and you're thinking about your teams, how do we create that inclusive environment that everyone has this sense of belonging and belonging is acceptance acceptance of whoever what the individual is bringing to the table i i use a simple example around belonging um you can have a very bright individual who has a lot of experience um and they're on your project team and they're very very quiet Mm-hmm. And you find out, you know what, they're an introvert. You know, that's their style by nature. You know, we all talk about them, introvert, extrovert, ambervert, which is on the cusp of both. Um, and at every meeting, this introvert is so quiet that they're not interacting. So they feel like their voice isn't being heard. They may not have a sense of belonging. So how, as the project lead, program manager, What can you do to support that sense of belonging? How can you um, hear the extrovert who speaks up a little bit more and feels very comfortable with that and also uh, create that sense of belonging for the introvert? So that is uh, building your understanding, seek to understand and then be understood. That's Stephen Covey's number five on his five or seven habits of a highly effective people is what's the best way to support and accept that introvert on your team, which is, okay, Kathy, um, I'm going to give you some time to think about that. And why don't you, if you have other thoughts, why don't you send it to us in the email and we'll talk about it later in the next meeting, or, you know, why don't you think about this a little bit more and then share your 
your thoughts and ideas in the next meeting because introverts get their energy from being quiet, taking some time to think about it, and then coming back. So that is a simple way and a simple example of the how you create belonging and how does belonging show up on a project team. So I hope that's helpful, you know, when we talk about um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and this new idea of addressing belonging, which really is acceptance of how the person, their authentic selves. Thank you. That That's so helpful, especially those tips at the end. I think we can take a couple extra minutes to take a little more time to gather those thoughts from those other people, and we're going to benefit much more than the time it took to just allow a little more time for them to think. I'm an introvert myself, or at one point I was. I'm probably somewhere in the middle now, but I totally yeah. can appreciate that and just need to keep that in mind as a conscious. Recognize those people in the room who are not saying anything. It may not be because they don't have any ideas, but potentially because they just need to process first and all kinds of other exceptions that are like that, but make a comfortable space for everyone basically is is my thought. Um, I'll let you close this before we, we close out the podcast, but thank you again so much for providing this for the earlier meeting, for the information here. I think we will only continue as a chapter for PMI Metrolina to grow this year and, and try to learn more. So we really appreciate this uh, start of the year information to get us kicked off. Yeah, thank you so much. And I wanna leave closing with Brene Myers' quote And I've coined and added to her quote. So she says, diversity is being asked to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance at the party. And belonging is being asked to select the playlist at the party. So that's the little piece that I added on to her most important um, quote around diversity, equity, inclusion. And thank you again for this opportunity to share. And I look forward to seeing the uh, P, uh, the Metrolina chapter continue to grow and mature in their diversity, equity, and inclusion journey. So thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you found a takeaway or two that you can use or maybe share with others. We hope you'll continue to listen to our other episodes And follow us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or visit our podcast page on our PMI Metrolina website. That's pmi-metrolina.org. As always, thanks for listening, learning, and sharing. This has been the PMI Metrolina Soundbites Podcast.